Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close for the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the Raiders' official podcast. Thanks to OAC Digital and what a week it has been for the Green Machine. Huge win over the Melbourne Storm down there on the road in Melbourne and it's uh, wonderful to start the new season with a win. Joining me as always is Raiders' uh, digital media coordinator Tom Logan. Tom, uh, welcome and uh, what a great win. Oh mate, that was unreal. I've got to say I was a bit nervous heading into last week because... When you, when you think about the storm in Melbourne, it's always um, enough to sort of make the hairs on the back of you stand up a bit. Yeah, it's a, it was a really good performance down there and uh, one that I'm sure that the team can carry into the next few weeks. Let's have a look at the highlights from that game. Uh, and as you can see, um, it was a really good start from the side. They managed to score the opening try uh, in the opening couple of minutes there. Jordan Rapinoe crossing over. He was a late inclusion into the team because of the uh, injury to Bailey Simonson and uh, what a way to welcome back himself back into the team. Yeah, and what a player to have sort of at your disposal to bring in when you ha- lose a player like uh, Simonson to an, an injury late on. The, uh, best thing, the best thing for me about this performance, Tom, was the defensive effort of the side. Uh, we saw um, all the way throughout the game from kickoff to, to, to full time, just the, the resolve from the guys. And as you can see there, Jared Croker, you know, desperately jostling with... Um, uh, the Storm guys there just to, to get that ball down and, and make sure that he's the first one uh, on the scene. And, and that's the sort of commitment you want to see from a defensive team. Yeah, and it's it's I guess the sort of players that, you know, Ricky Stewart and the coaching staff have really sort of tried to instill in the side. Um, great pass there from George Williams. But, yeah, yeah just that desperation in defence, I think, really won us the game. Talk about uh, great passes and Ricky Stewart there. I mean, George Williams, uh, we haven't probably seen... Um, many long balls like that for a while. I know Aiden Caesar had a good one in him as well, but that was a, a peach of a ball from George Williams. And just to be able to get Nick Kotrick over in the corner, you can see there it just uh, that defence of the Melbourne Storm was you know playing up and in. And uh, George had the vision to to find Nick Kotrick and, and found him on the chest and Nick did the rest. Yeah, great finish from Nick. But yeah, well, obviously all the hard work was done there by George. Um, you know, I thought he really sort of came into his own in the game. And, you know, it's nice to see that right side sort of really coming into coming into, uh, in, or clicking into gear, I should say. Yeah, and it was George Williams again who um, set the tone a little bit later in the half. We'll have a look at that in just a moment. But, you know, once again, the defence on show here, um, you know, being able to put pressure on Pappenhausen there to hold him up um, so the ball, you know, couldn't get forced in goal. And it was a bit of a theme in that first half was, uh, with the exception of the, the Storm's opening try, it was a really, really strong performance uh, from our defensive unit, particularly on our own line. Yeah, very, very strong. I mean, obviously, the... I guess our, last year it was highlighted how much our defence had, had improved since 2018. And I think so far from the first three rounds, it's definitely gone to another level. And that, and that was evident, I guess, on Saturday night. Yeah, George Williams, um, as I mentioned, uh, what a match from him. Um, a wonderful performance. I think he picked up the three Dalian votes. And this is a great piece of play. You know, he just saw a gap, you know, used his acceleration to go through and then found Charles Nickel Clockstad uh, backing up on the inside. and That's what you want from your fullback, isn't it? You want that ability for a player to be able to, to keep his eyes up and, and see an opportunity and pop up when it presents itself. Yeah, there was a lot of credit given to George uh, from this game, but I think it's those little things there, like what you just highlighted, that support play from Nickel Clockstad. Um, those are sort of the little one percenters that I don't think probably get highlighted enough that really sort of make a really big difference to a side. Defensively, um, we've sort of highlighted that already, but I thought that 
the way that the boys, um, you know, never gave up on the play was was probably the thing that impressed me the most. Uh, Joe Tarpany, um, you know, got himself into a position uh, where, you know, the, the, I think they almost look certain to score just an old arm. You know, you don't stop a guy like that so close to the line, but the, the guys just kept turning up for each other and, and Taps was able to... Um, to put a stamp on the game, not with um, a brilliant piece of play and attack, but uh, uh, play in defence instead. Oh, yeah, what, what a tackle that was. I mean, that, for me, that was probably the play of the game. Um, those are the sort of the really sort of big plays that you just you just sort of know that, you know, I think here it is here coming up, yeah. Those are sort of the big plays that, you know, are really just that separate sort of, you know, the good sides from the great sides. And oh, that was just a, a great effort from Taps. And it, it was good to see a couple of his teammates back him up there and, Give him the recognition he deserved. On the news front uh, this week, obviously the big um, the big talking point is going to be around John Bateman. Um, the, the English international has uh, opted to go in for a second round of surgery, which is going to keep him out um, indefinitely at the moment, but we're hoping to see him uh, back before the end of the season. Uh, you know, that's a big loss for us, but, you know, seeing uh, someone like Joe Tarpany take to that position uh, on the weekend and scoring that last try is uh, encouraging signs for the team. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt John Bateman's going to be a massive loss. I mean, he's one of those players that sort of really brings that confidence to the side and sort of strikes a bit of fear into the opposition. But I think, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is just my opinion, or but I, I feel like that Joe Tarpany doesn't really sort of get the raps that he deserves. I think he's a cracking player and really one that goes under the radar for us. Yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful talent and, and um, you know, we wish John Bateman all the best in his recovery. I know that he's got... Uh, a bit of stuff going on off the field, obviously, with all this uh, talk around contract negotiations and stuff like that. But uh, in my dealings with him over the past uh, couple of weeks, he's, he's been pretty focused on trying to get himself uh, back onto the field. And uh, unfortunately for him, uh, things haven't quite gone his way. But, you know, he's one of those guys that'll, that'll rip in, get his rehab done, uh, and I'm sure we'll see him again before the start of the season. <laughs> Moving on to this weekend's game, and we take on the Newcastle Knights. Uh, up there at Campbelltown Stadium, our home away from home. It's going to be interesting to travel up the highway and, and have a home game up there. We've got the virtual Viking clap happening thanks to Huawei and the matchday sponsor IWS Super uh, bringing you all the action. And, uh, Tommy, you'll be hard at it uh, behind the keyboard getting the, uh, the updates out there to the fans via Twitter. Uh, this match uh, presents a different type of challenge this weekend because the Knights um, showed some real resilience in their uh, performance against Penrith last weekend in a 14-all draw that went the 90 minutes. Uh, and despite losing Mitchell Pearce early, they showed plenty of heart. Yeah, I thought it was a really impressive performance from the Knights, considering uh, the, the personnel that they lost. Obviously, they lost Watson, who was playing at uh, number nine for them, and obviously Pearce, you know, their halfback going down. It's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair testament and credit to, I guess, Adam O'Brien and sort of what, you know, he's really sort of instilled into his young Knights side so far. Yeah, Kalen Ponga comes back into the side... Uh, for the Knights. Let's have a look at the Raiders team, though, now, um, as we, uh, thanks to Spec Savers. And as you can see, uh, not too many changes there. Uh, Ricky Stewart's opted to go with Bailey Simonson uh, back onto the wing and pushing Jordan Rapiner to the bench. A bit of a reversal of what the team was doing uh, towards the back end of the season last year, Tom, and, and Jordan uh, getting an opportunity this weekend to start from the bench. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited to see, I guess, Rapper come off from the bench. Uh, you know, it, it's a shame for Michael Oldfield. I'm, I'm a massive Michael Oldfield fan, so it's dis- not disappointing, but it's just unfortunate for him that uh, I guess he loses his spot in that uh, 17. But having said that, though, uh, 
Bailey's a quality player and it's great to have him back in the side and I'm really looking forward to see what Rapper can bring from the bench. The thing I like about this selection of Bailey back into the starting team is it, it shows the faith that Ricky Stewart's had in Bailey um, to start the season and it was only a, a minor leg infection that kept him out last weekend and Bailey to retain his spot over an experienced player like Jordan Rapper just shows uh, you know where he sits in the mindset of this team and uh, and it it's a, it's a team-first attitude, and I know Jordan um, would have no issues going back and starting the game from there and, and be coming uh, onto the game late and, and trying to create some impact, uh, whether it be on the edge or in the middle. So um, looking forward to seeing how those guys are going, and, uh, and I thought our bench last week as well was outstanding. So um, I think they'll inject plenty when they come on against the Knights. Yeah, one, one player I'm really looking forward in particular to seeing come off the bench is Emre Gul. I think he's even sort of gone to another level. I really felt that he sort of jumped up another level, uh, I guess, when he came into the side for last year's qualifying final against the Storm. I thought he was great off the bench in the grand final. And I think from the first few rounds this season, he's really sort of shown that he's matured a lot as a player. That's right. Uh, we had, uh, I think, zero from two last week in the predictions, but it's time to have a look at what we're going to go for this week. All right, Tommy, um, I'm going to start off this weekend. I, I think uh, that left edge, uh, once again, is going to be pretty dominant. Uh, and I see Jack White and... Uh, crossing over the stripe this weekend for a four-pointer. I think that um, he's just getting himself into a position where he's running the ball a little bit more and now he's he's gaining that confidence that he showed at the back end of last year. So I'm going for Jack. How about yourself? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a, an ambitious one and I'm going to go for Croker, two tries. I've just got a feeling also that left side is going to really sort of come click into gear this weekend and I've just got a feeling the skip is going to go over for a double. Yeah, milestone this weekend for the club too. Ricky Stewart will... Join Don Ferner Senior as the second most capped coach at the club of all time. Wonderful achievement for Rick and uh, I'm sure after the passing of Don earlier this season, uh, it'll be one that the team will want to work hard for and get in the win this weekend. We'll be back soon with Sia Solioli. You're listening to Behind the Limelight thanks to OAC Digital. Welcome back to Behind the Limelight thanks to OAC Digital. This week we're joined by Raiders forward Sia Solioli. How are you going, mate? Hey Ben, yeah, how you going, buddy? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you travelling uh, in isolation? It's been about uh, six or so weeks now since you guys went into the NRL bubble. Um, how's it all progressing for you? You know, as a family man who's usually out and about doing lots in the community, how are you handling it? Oh no, it's it's been okay. Um, you know, you have your moments where uh, the kids are sort of getting to you at, at times, but um, no, it's it's been great. The the great thing about about us is that um, you know we're back. We're back training. Games are back again, um, especially at home. You know, get to watch a bit of footy now, which um, you know changes things up a bit. And um, I can get the family involved with that as, as well. But um, in terms of um, the whole uh, the whole isolation thing in general, uh, I think it's been you know just quietly. Uh, I guess for me personally, uh, it's it's been nice to actually uh, get some time with the family and uh, actually invest um, in the kids. Whereas this period, I've probably wouldn't um, at this time, so I've been fortunate enough to um, have that, that time with the kids. But now it's now it's back to work, and I'm really looking forward to it. With the with the community aspect, we saw you win the uh, Ken Stephen Medal last year for all the great work you do in the community, and we see you down at soup kitchens and and out and about in the community. Are you missing that side of things a little bit at the moment? Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a tough one, um, you know, because I've always. You know, anyone who knows me is that you know I like being amongst um, everyone, and um, you know playing my part uh, within the community. And um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to um, do that, and uh, which has been a shame. But um, hopefully, once um, you know 
sort of looking down the track, uh, potentially if things, um, restrictions get uh, lifted, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get in touch with everyone again. But um, I, I do uh, connect with them um, still uh, every now and then, just with the guys, just to see how they're, they're all going. And, um, you know, if there's uh, things that people need to um, donate or uh, I can sort of service that and drop drop things off as, as well for them. But, yeah. Mate, it's, uh, it's been an interesting few weeks to say the least and, and obviously one of the big unknowns coming back into this uh, season resumption was going to be how the team performed uh, in their first game back. You must be pretty happy with the way things went on the field down there in Melbourne. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know it's, we're always going to be happy if, if you get a win, you know, especially Rick would, would be at the forefront of that. But um, in saying that, uh, there was definitely a lot, um, especially for what we want as a playing group and according to our standards, I, I think there was a lot um, that we need to improve as well. You know, there was a lot to take out of it, you know, by no means as, you know, we, we, we are definitely happy with the result and the performance, but um, to where we want to go to, there's definitely a lot of work that we need to put in and I think that just came with um, just the time that we've had, you know, but um, it's great that, you know, we came back in the condition that we did, you know, it shows that a lot of boys had a, um, the commitment um, to the cause. You know, that was something that we addressed before we broke up. Was that um, we, did, we didn't want to waste any time on body composition. We just wanted to get back and get back into work and fo focus solely on um, just getting the team to where we finished off. And I, I think we, we were close, very close um, to the mark. But like I said, heaps of improvement, and we see that with the boys. You've seen um, footy for a long time. You've been involved in the game as a player now for uh, probably more than anybody else here at the club. Uh, what do you see in this rule change uh, in terms of uh, back to one referee and and uh, the six again rule? You're probably one of the only players here that's that's played under one referee before um, in NRL level. What's it been like, uh, that change, even though it's only early days? Um, I think it's more... Um, probably the biggest difference um, I got from from the two comparisons was that uh, getting get the uh, immediate understanding of what, um, I guess, the infringements are, you know, because uh, that's, that's the luxury of having, when you, when you do have um, two referees, uh, one sort of generally controlling the ruck, um, you sort of know what your infringements are, but uh, I guess that came with the penalties, but now, um, now that the new ruler um, is in with the six again, um, you're having to um, not focus on that and then just get back into the role that you need uh, from the team. And so um, until you get the ball back, that's when you sort of ask questions. But uh, by then, um, you know, it could be two or three sets before that time happens. So um, not having that, um, probably not having that understanding um, and that's solely on the base of just trying to improve the squad so we're not um, giving away, um, you know, that, that next error or that next infringement um, during that ruck. And it's, it's more for us just to try and get that communication so we can actually improve on the run. And I think that was probably the, the biggest thing I, was, um, I got out of that one. But in terms of um, how the rest is really conducting the game, um, it just, I, I think it really um, helps the the refs as well, um, you know, they've come under a lot of criticisms over the past, but, you know, I've really heard nothing 
um, in regards to the refing. So that's probably a good sign. You talk about the, the body composition there before, about the players coming back. Uh, obviously, fitness is going to be really key in these opening few rounds with, you know, with, with teams um, having to adapt to the, the new quickness of this game and, and the fact that there's not as many stoppages. Um, have you found that to be an advantage so far? The team's obviously come back in pretty good shape. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think generally, if you if you look at um, if you're looking at the way and the style that we sort of play, um, uh, and the types of players that we have, we've generally got a little bit more mobile squad than um, the rest of the comp, um, and that's solely by the probably the style that we play. Um, you've probably got guys that can uh, play multiple positions in that as well, and so. Um, I've, I think that sort of benefits us um, if we are sort of caught with one or two men on the ground. Um, having that experience, uh, myself, Corey's been out there in the back row. We've had um, Elliot, um, Joey Tarpany, who was playing in the back row and that as well. They've, everyone's sort of had to fill in in different positions. And so when we're sort of caught um, um, off guard a little bit uh, defensively, um, I think where it helps us a little bit is that we're able to, um, uh, I guess, not 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 panic um, as much as what what we probably were um, in previous years, which probably left us a little bit vulnerable in certain areas. But um, now that you know a lot of guys, and we've trained a lot as well, a lot of guys had experience throughout the whole park, especially uh, throughout the forwards. Um, we're able to um, be put in different positions um, and. Um, do the job that the team needs um, is required from from the lads. We spoke to you about this a little bit last year about the fact that uh, your game uh, has changed a fair bit since you even came to the club. I mean, you arrived here as a back rower and you've now moved into the middle and you, you're playing uh, from the bench and, and playing looking for those more quality minutes uh, in your game. Um, how are you feeling um, about the? The, the role that you've been asked to play over the past couple of seasons and, and how it's um, you know probably you know giving you the opportunity to, to further your career yeah no it's uh, it's I've really enjoyed it um, that's what that's what keeps me going and having the guys that we have um, around you know around me like having Emre, uh, red Hado, uh, Nami Papa who's been been outstanding. Um, Joey Tarpany, uh, Smelly, Batty, you know, all the guys have really, I've really, I've just really enjoyed uh, being a part of the mix, um, and that's what's um, kept me upbeat. You know, you, you sort of see like a lot of blokes generally around the back end of their career that sort of look, get a little bit drained, but um, I'm not too sure why. But for me, like coming into training, I'm just really enjoying the fact that um, being being around these guys. And to be honest, you'd probably think that they'll learn learn from me because I'm probably the most experienced out of the group. But I'm learning a lot from them in that as well because the game's constantly changing, and I think that's where it's sort of um, catered to me um, in in some ways. Now that the games are sort of slowly getting um, a little bit quicker, um, I've had to sort of adjust um, as well, and I think that it's probably um, suited suited me a little bit. Um, in, in that respect, and so um, I'm, yeah, like I said, it's it's been fun learning um, and growing with the game, as well as growing with the club and the players around me. 
Yeah, you're like the Benjamin Button of rugby league. You just keep getting younger and better each year. Um, I, I, the only difference is, is that I've looked like this for like the last 20 years. That's the thing. <laughs> when, when all this did happen, though, in all seriousness, did you, was there any part of you that thought, wow, you know, the uncertainty around the, where the game's going to be in, in you know, six months, 12 months, did you, did you have any fear that you may have played your last game? Yeah, like, to be honest, the, the thought did um, come across my mind. And... Um, Got to be naive to be um, to think that it didn't, but yeah, no, it definitely did. There were some days where I was just thinking that it possibly could could be it because, man, there was like you said, there was, was strange times. wasn't too sure how things were going to pan out. There was so much panic and uncertainty, not just around the game, but just in society in general. Uh, you know, you can tell by the toilet paper issues and that as well. So, um, but the the fact that we um, had the opportunity um, just to sort of isolate um, and um, try and focus on what we can control and like like we spoke about previously and that was our body composition because that's that was probably the first and foremost um, thing that we can commit to the group is uh, be physically um, our best um, for the team for when we return um, that was a huge focus um, for the group and you know you just like we're just sort of being optimistic um, about about a lot of things, but you know, as things progressed, you know, it was amazing how you know the Apollo um, committee, uh, the NRL, uh, Peter Vlandes and the team up there just have just been constantly communicating with everyone and just you know busting down barriers for um, you know us, um, you know, everyone you know that supports rugby league, you know. They've done an amazing job, and it's no, no short of a miracle what they've what they've done to get uh, the game up and running um, at the time that it did, you know. And so, you know, we're you know, we're pretty blessed to have um, you know some amazing leaders um, right now that have um, you know really got the game to where it is now, and it's 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 showing it's it's showing um, in, in in the games is that um, you know the boys, you know the players um, want to be back um, and. You know, they're really producing some great footy. You've indicated in the past that you do want to continue your career beyond 2020. Um, with all these disruptions, have you had an opportunity to sit down with anybody at the club yet and, and talk about that future at all? Or is it something that you're just happy to sort of let play out over the course of the season? Yeah, well, um, I think the plan was before before everything um, kicked off um, with the, um, the virus is that we're sort of going to, uh, string, I was going to string a few games together. Uh, one of me in a few games, you know, six or seven, and then we're going to review from there. And I think that's where it still stands at the moment. And I think that's only fair f um, from both parties as well. And you know, you you got to understand um, where the club's at. And and I'm you know I'm old enough to to know how how things work. And so um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely um, love to play on. Um, again next year, and it will definitely, um, I'd, I'd definitely love it to be to be here at the at the Raiders. Before we let you finish up, I've got to ask you. We've seen you over the years with plenty of wild hairstyles. You've grown your hair out uh, for the birth of your children, then shaved it off. But you've uh, you've gone something a bit different now. You've gone for the the beard look rather than the hair. Tell us about the the motivation behind that, and uh, how long are we going to see it on the on the face for? Yeah, well, I'll be. There was no way I was going to dye my hair blonde. 
that's we'll, we'll make we'll, we'll make that a statement. But um, yeah, I just wanted to change something up. My, you know, my wife Gemma, she always she's always loved the beard. I've never been a big fan of it. Uh, my mum and dad they they're not big fans of beard or long hair, so I compromise long hair. <laughs> and then uh, mum was happy I cut my hair, and now I grow the beard, and now she's not too happy either. So that was it was just, it's just a bit of fun. Um, you know, with the beard and stuff like that, just around pandemic, everyone was doing like little different challenges here and there. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I thought I'd grow the beard, but I, I was going to save the blonde, blonde tips for, you know, n never, never. <laughs> well, so yeah, thanks very much for t taking the time out today. It's been great to have a bit of a chat to you and uh, good luck against the Knights this weekend. Can't wait to see you guys down there at Campbelltown. No, thanks for having me and uh, thanks for all the support, everyone. Love yous. There he is, Sia Soliola, joining us there on Behind the Limelight. We'll be back next week uh, with another guest. Until then, uh, go to the Green Machine, and uh, we'll see you down there on Sunday afternoon via TV and radio.